Welcome to Brit David Podcast and another amazing message from Pastor Tim entitled Asking God for Help from Psalm chapter 25 verses 1 through 5. Lifeway's Vacation Bible School curriculum this year is titled Twists and Turns. The verse the children are asked to memorize is Psalm 25 4. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. This is not just a passage for children. It is also applicable for adults. As Britt David prepares for VBS, Pastor Tim preaches on this passage for children and for adults. And for you, our podcast friends. Here's Pastor Tim. That Bible school begins, we're going to, uh, this morning, we're going to step out of our study through the Gospel of Luke because it is the beginning of Vacation Bible School. Beginning tonight, our children will begin committing to memory Psalm 25 in verse number 4. So if you have your Bible, if you'll go ahead and turn there with me to Psalm number 25, we're going to study not just that one verse, but that verse in its context. We're going to do a few little Bible school things today, this morning, starting with this. If the children have to learn Psalm 25.4, you can do it. Can't you? Yep. I don't hear much confidence. You can, okay, right, there we go. All right. Hey, let's do this. Can y'all turn the house lights up for me so I can see? So they can see? Because you're about to learn this, right? Are you there? If you're reading along with me in the New King James, it says this, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. All right? That's how we have to do it for children. That's how you got to do it. Repeat after me. You ready? Ready? Okay. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Psalm 25, 4. Can we do it at the same time? <laughs> Somebody said no. Yes, you can. Here we go. We're going to do it on three, two, one. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Psalm 25, 4. All right, let's try this section over here. All right, you got the PW on this side. So she ought to be able to help you lead it. You ready? You ready? Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Psalm 25, 4. Four. All right, we're going all the way to the other side. You got the minister of music on this side. Minister of music looks at him, though he ain't looking at the Bible in years. Anyway, <laughs> but he's got this one. You got it too. You ready? Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Psalm 25, 4. All right, middle section. You're the biggest section. All right. You can outdo them, can't you? Yep. yep. All right, I heard it. All right, here we go. This time you get to use your outside voice if you want to. Take a deep breath. Hold it. Ready? Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Psalm 25, 4. All right, we got a bunch of young folks up there in the balcony. We got a bunch of folks up there I can't even see. All right? So from the heights, y'all ready? Yes? 
All right, here we go. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Psalm 25, 4. All right. If I had a prize, I'd give it to you. I don't have one. I do want us to look at this passage. It's written by David. In fact, your, your Bible may actually have that said right at the very top. It is a psalm by David. David finds himself in trouble <laughs> almost as much as Peter does. You studied Peter this morning. We're going to study him throughout uh, Vacation Bible School. <clears throat> Peter constantly does things to get himself in trouble. And David does the same thing. David is constantly needing to ask God for help. It may very well be that you find yourself in the same boat that Peter is in, that David is in. That maybe because of the things that you say, you know, you just say you just can't help it, it just comes out. Maybe because of what you say, maybe because of what you do. Maybe because of what you didn't say or what you didn't do. You find yourself in trouble and you find yourself needing a way out and needing to ask God for help. That's what Psalm 25 is all about. It's about asking God for help. Now, as we begin this particular psalm, it begins by establishing for us why David is so confident that he can ask God for help, and he knows then that he will receive that. You know, we tend to get ourselves in trouble, and then figure out that we're going to handle it ourselves. Especially if it seems like maybe it's something small. It's funny how small things turn into big things, though, isn't it? We think that we can handle these things all by ourselves. But the real reality is that we need to ask God for help at the very beginning. If there are projects around my house, Daryl will appreciate this. Typically, what I do is I say, I'm the man. I'm the man. I can fix this, right? I can fix this. How hard can it be? Daryl can do it. I can do it. So after I've taken it apart, torn it up, and it doesn't work anymore, I have to call somebody like Daryl <laughs> to come and to fix it. That's what we do with life. We think that we can handle things all by ourselves, and we typically end up making the hole deeper than it was at the beginning. And then we cry out to God for help. Let me show you some things in this passage today that we should be as we prepare to ask God for help. That's what David's doing at the beginning of this passage. As we read through it together, I'm actually going to begin with you at the last verse that we're going to look at, which is verse number five. Are you there? In fact, look in the middle of verse number five. David says, for you are the God of my salvation. That's our first hint. It's where we first need to begin. What are you supposed to be? How do you need to be before you ask God for help? Well, number one, be saved. Be saved. I mean, really be saved. David says, you are the God of my salvation. It's not just simply that he trusts in his salvation alone, but he trusts in the God who gives him and who offers him salvation. What did God save you from? What kind of person did you used to be? 
And he's changed all of that, hasn't he? The same way that he transformed your life when you said yes to Jesus for the very first time. Don't you think then that he can help you out of the situation that you find yourself in now? If he can save you for all of eternity, can't he handle these temporal issues? Be saved. Know that you are saved. Listen, if you're coming to to somebody and you're asking them for help, it matters about the relationship that you have. For example, if some stranger off the street comes to me and asks me for help, if I can, I'm probably going to do that, right? But I'm probably going to evaluate that. Am I able to help this person? Can I do what is necessary really to help this person? Is what this person is asking for, is that really the help then that they need? But if Juliana comes and asks me for help, it doesn't matter what she asks. It doesn't matter what she needs. She is mine. She belongs to me and I belong to her. She is my child. And it makes a difference because of the relationship that you have with God concerning the help that you receive. If you don't know the Lord, if you don't belong to Him, you're not trusting in Him. You're not trusting in Him for salvation. You're not trusting in Him for anything else. Suddenly you find yourself in trouble and now you begin to look up. Will He help you? I suspect so. But if you're His child, and you belong to Him, and He belongs to you, Jesus said, what father, what kind of father, if the son asked for bread, would give him a snake? If he's asking for help, would he not give it to him? Jesus says, how much more will your father in heaven help you, answer you, provide for you, give to you? It all begins with that relationship. Have you yielded yourself to Him? In faith, look to Him, repentant of your sins, and said, Jesus, I know that You love me. I know that You died on the cross for me. I know that I'm a sinner and separated from You. I ask You to come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins and make me right with You. Have you done that? meant it? Do you know that you know that you belong to Him? David is crying out in this passage to the God of his salvation. That's who you should be crying out to. Number one, be saved. Number two, be surrendered. Be surrendered. Let's go back to the beginning of the passage. I felt like it was necessary. We need to lay that foundation. So let's, uh, let's deal with that middle part of verse number five first. But now let's go up to the beginning of this psalm. What does he say in verse number one? To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. I lift up my soul. You, know, you were made of body and soul and spirit. Sometimes the body will, I mean, the, the Bible will take the, 
soul and the spirit and put them together as one and simply say my inward part, my, my soul itself, God, I'm lifting up this part to you. That inside part of you is who you really are. It's what makes you, you. And what David is saying is, God, I take who I really am and I simply lift that up to you. I lift up my soul to you like a sacrifice, like an offering. I give you the real me. Maybe you pretend with people at work. Maybe you pretend even with people at home. There's no pretending with God. He knows what it is that makes you, you. He knows who you really are. He knows what you really need. He knows the circumstance that you find yourself in. So you're simply acknowledging that. Lord, I lift up my soul to you. I surrender to you. I still think that the hardest hymn in all of the hymn book to sing, Sean, is I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. That's, that's, hard, to, that's hard to do, isn't it? God, I surrender everything to you. But that's what David is saying in verse number one. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. I surrender myself to you. When you go and you ask God for help, even, even when you've got the relationship that's right, you are His and He is yours. If you are haughty in your asking, don't you think that that hinders the answer? When, when you go before the Lord and you demand of Him that He do what you bid or what you ask, don't you think that that's harmful? But what if you were completely yielded, completely surrendered to Him, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. I lift up my soul to you. I think he's ready to answer. I think he wants to answer. I think that he will answer. So number one, be saved. Number two, be surrendered. Number three, be secure. Be secure. How can you possibly surrender everything to somebody that you can't see? To somebody that you can't feel? To somebody whose picture you can't take? How can you really be so sure that you could surrender everything, that you could say, Lord, I lift up my soul to you. The very essence of who I am, I give this to you. How, how can you do that? Look at verse 2. Oh my God, here it is. I trust in you. 
I trust in you. That's how you can surrender to Him. That's why you, how you know that you can wait upon Him, as we'll see in just a moment, and that He will come through. I trust in you, Lord. I've given you my absolute trust. D. James Kennedy illustrated what saving faith is really like by the use of a chair. For example, when you came in today and you picked that chair that you're sitting in now, in all likelihood, you didn't, you didn't look underneath the chair you know, you, did, you probably didn't feel the legs to see and make sure that they're stable and secure. You probably didn't lean the chair over and make sure that the back is actually screwed in so that you don't sit down and flop backwards, right? What did you do? You came in and you just sat down. Some of you came in and you just plopped down, right? <laughs> That's all I got. I just come in and plop down. That's faith, isn't it? I'm trusting in this chair that it will keep me up off the ground. If you can be so sure of a chair, how much more sure can you be of Christ who created everything that that chair is made out of? Who created even the maker of the chair? He can be trusted. He can be absolutely trusted. He says, let me not be ashamed. Let not my, tr my enemies triumph over me. My security, Lord, is in you. I trust in you. I'm not trusting in my bank account. I'm not trusting in my ability. I'm not trusting in my ingenuity. I'm not trusting in someone else. I'm not trusting in the preacher. I am trusting in you, oh Lord. If I'm going to get out of this circumstance, if victory is to be had, it's going to come by the hand of God. God is going to have to win this. And I'm trusting Him to do that. Let's keep going. Verse 3 ties right into verse number 2, and I'll show you how in just a minute. Number, what are we on? Number 4? Be a servant. Be a servant. You're asking God for help? Serve Him. Be a servant to Him and to His people. Look at what verse number 3 says. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. He's going to use that word wait one more time in our particular passage that we're looking at today. Sometimes we think of wait in the most passive of terms. I'm just going to sit down and wait. You know, if, if God's going to send me an answer, well, I'll just sit here and wait on him to send me an answer. And I already have an idea of what that answer ought to be, so I'm looking out for those things. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to ask anything. I'm not going to work on anything. I'm just going to relax and just be here until God answers. Waiting for us may be passive. 
as we're used to waiting rooms. Waiting in the scriptures is active. So what am I supposed to be doing? Well, for one thing, anything that you know that God's called you to do. To continue to be obedient, to continue to do what He has called you to do. You continue to do those things. This term, wait, it means to serve. Some of you are going to leave here and you're going to go to a restaurant and somebody's going to come up to you and they're going to say, Hi, my name's Tim and I will be your waiter today. That's the kind of waiting that we're talking about. Let me wait on you, O Lord. Let me serve you, Lord. Let me bring to you, let me do for you. Let me serve you, let me wait for you. Be a servant. Serve the Lord by serving His people, by serving His purposes, by serving His cause. Be a servant. Now, verse number 2 and verse number 3 are tied together specifically by this word ashamed. It's used three different times. In verse number 2, he says, let me not be ashamed. In verse number 3, let no one who waits on you, let no one who's serving you, don't let them be ashamed. But let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Again, when I think of the word ashamed... I think of the word embarrassed. You know, Lord, don't let, don't let me be embarrassed. If, if, I'm, if I'm serving you, if I'm saying that I believe in you and I trust you, then Lord, don't, don't let me be ashamed in front of other people. Again, though, that's not the way the Bible uses that word. The word is not to, to be taken to be embarrassed. It means to be let down. To be disappointed. Changes the whole value of that, doesn't it? Let no one who serves you be let down. Don't let them be disappointed. God, you have said that you are our rock that you are a very present help in times of trouble, that you are like a fortress, like a shield. Oh God, he says, I trust in you. Don't let me be disappointed. A good definition of that particular word is trusting in something that proves itself unworthy of trust. You know what I'm talking about? You know who I'm talking about? You know, you know what kinds of things we're talking about? Putting your trust in something that proves itself to be unworthy of your trust. That is not God. And so David writes and he says, Don't let me put my trust in you, and then you not be deserving or worthy of that trust. Don't let me be disappointed. Don't let me be let down. God, I am trusting in you. My security is in you. 
My service is toward you. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message, Asking God for Help. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.